MRP is a giant calculator. You give it a ton of inputs and it gives you the best optimized set of outputs that the system can generate, which is why it's a tricky module to set up because it's the epitome of a garbage in garbage out process. If you feed in garbage, you will get the most nonsensical, illogical suggestions for what to make, what to transfer, what to buy. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast was recorded at the Oracle NetSuite Suite World Conference in September of 2022. To learn more about NetSuite and the Suite World Conference, visit netsuitesuiteworld.com. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm David Leary. I'm Blake Oliver. And we are now on still on day two at Sweet World. And we are on our fourth or fifth interview. We just interviewed uh, the CFO of Crumble Cookies. And if that wasn't good enough, we now have our next interview. And it is Connor Ray. He is the co-founder and CFO of Johnny Pops. Are you familiar with Johnny Pops? No, but I'm excited to learn. It is frozen fruit. Otter Pops, or uh, Freezer Pops delivered right to your door. Oh, wow. So we can get our cookies, we can get our uh, frozen treats all together. Absolutely. Excited to be here, guys. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to be following Crumble Cookies. I'm a big fan of that product, too. But yeah, so, so you, what you're seeing on our, on our website is uh, a shelf-stable product that we have. You know, People may refer to them as Otter Pops, Freezer Pops. Uh, and, and those are a shelf-stable product that we're able to send directly to you. Uh, and then you can freeze at home. Uh, the majority of our products uh, are, are pre-frozen. <laughs> <laughs> at our factory, uh, ice cream novelties. We've got a dairy-free line uh, and an organic juice-based line uh, that are all delicious frozen treats, better tasting, better for you frozen treats is what we do, uh, that you can find at over 10,000 retail outlets across the country. So just using the, the warehouse management, I assume, of NetSuite. We do use the warehouse management uh, functionality within NetSuite. There's there's a, a lot of a lot of pops to keep track of, a lot of boxes to keep track of, and uh, yeah, we, we we need help doing that. So, Connor, uh, something unusual about your title is that you are founder and chief financial officer, and that's not something that we see a lot. How did you did, like? How did you start? Did you start Johnny Pops? Yes. Uh, so I have been at Johnny Pops for 10 years now. The company turned 10 this year, which is a milestone we're pretty excited about. And it was actually a business that I started with a group of college buddies, including my business partner and, and Johnny Pops CEO, Eric Brust, uh, back in 2012. And so having been with the company for that amount of time, you know, at the beginning, everyone is wearing every hat. There's work that needs to be done. And if you want to get your business off the ground, you've got to do it. But as you scale, uh, you know, a, a division of labor <laughs> starts to become something that's uh, a more effective way to to get things done. Uh, and you got to take a look at, at who's got uh, a passion for what work, who's got the strengths for what different types of work. Um, you know, so you it, fell into the CFO role. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a trial and error may be a reasonable approach, but at, at a certain point, 10 years in, I guess it stuck. Uh, you know, and, and, and I guess uh, success is freedom when it comes to uh, validating some of those decisions about how we structured the team uh, along the way. So you and your uh, college buddies started uh, your company in college. That's correct. Yeah. In 2012, we were sophomores uh, at a small little liberal arts school in southern Minnesota called St. Olaf, uh, which, is, which, is where it all, which is where it all started. 
And you were an economics and computer science major there? That is correct. Yes. You know, I, uh, I went in thinking that uh, entrepreneurship was something I was interested in, but didn't come from a background uh, with, you know, uh, of entrepreneurship and didn't know how to start down that path. So I took a guess that the way I would get there would be some business, you know, economic type acumen, and then enough technical background to eventually come up with some great product idea. I thought it was going to be physics. That's that's where I originally started. Made it a little bit more than half a year down that track and said, it's not physics. Physics is not for me. Uh, but a lot of the same you know, things that had me thinking I wanted to do physics are in, um, in the world of computer science. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurship happening there, you know, out in Silicon Valley, an opportunity to acquire technical skill. And, and, and I really enjoyed and was passionate about, you know, the, the type of work and learning that happened there. Uh, and so I put those two together. Now, along the way, also had an opportunity to get involved in entrepreneurship that didn't require me to take a path into industry and, you know, build a career and a network you know, and, and have a light bulb go off, which is probably where where my head was at going in. Eventually, lightning will strike me, and there will be the idea and the opportunity, which maybe wasn't totally wrong, but the the lightning struck you know in in twenty twelve and and not years down the road. and um, I, I got involved with the with the Johnny Pops business as a let's give this thing a shot at farmer's markets and pushing carts to uh, beaches, uh, you know, to sell pops one at a time to, to people who are out and enjoying themselves. And the idea took off from there. So somewhere along the line, somebody's like, you do the bookkeeping and then eventually you evolve in the CFO, apparently. Yeah, kind of- it starts as, well, someone has to figure out all this legal stuff, regulatory, compliance, bookkeeping. Don't we need a bank account? What, maybe a credit card? I, I think I think someone wants to get paid. You know, can, can, can you deal with that? Yeah, it, it starts with the basics of we need to be a business. And that requires certain things to be done or we won't be a business anymore. Yeah, and, and then it scales up and, you know, Today, we're available at over 10,000 retail outlets in all 50 states. We ship to a few foreign countries as well. We have our own dedicated manufacturing facility, over 85 employees, um, and an annual growth rate uh, above 50% a year. So continuing to, to bring our products to new markets and new consumer, consumers at a steady pace. And so sometime during this 10-year period, one day you're like, oh my God, we got to get off of our old systems and we got to be a bigger, big boy business now. And we got to get NetSuite. Like what was that decision process? Like what what was the state of things before that happened? Yeah. So for us, that was five years ago at this point. So really it's, it's a 50, 50 split on our journey. You know, you don't don't need NetSuite to, to run your farmer's market stall, right? That's very clear. When the time to switch is, is a little bit murkier for every business. For us, we were on QuickBooks. And then some conglomeration of uh, Salesforce for some CRM work and spreadsheets and, and other, you know, their MailChimp, third party systems, stuff like that, all trying to work together. And it was a total mess. Our biggest single pain point that forced us to say this isn't going to work anymore, besides it just being a mess, was being in, in food manufacturing, the need to keep very detailed track of our inventory at a lot or batch specific level, uh, you know, so not serial numbers, but every box that you're touching has a lot code on it that needs to be properly accounted for across the ever growing number of items and ever 
expanding number of locations, which was being done by and large in Excel spreadsheets because that level of granularity was not supported in QuickBooks. So that was the, we cannot do this anymore. We need to look at other options. And that's because of food safety regulations, right? Correct. A combination of government regulation as well as industry and customer expectations. You know, the the food industry has a variety of third-party customer-sponsored standards as well as government standards that, you know, you, you want to do business with Walmart or Target or Costco. Uh, they say, we're going to send someone in and, and they're, and they're going to check you out, similar to how textiles may, you know, require a social audit of their practices, you know, for, for their manufacturing overseas. So that forced the requirement on us to, to do that. And we said, we're going to look into this um, and looked at a variety of solutions. You know, there were solutions out there, order management systems, warehouse management system types that plugged into QuickBooks that would have allowed us to continue running our general ledger there. And then we looked at a variety of ERP systems because, you know, since implementing NetSuite, we've grown over 400%. So it wasn't necessarily a given at that point in time that we needed a full-fledged ERP, uh, but, but we looked at a variety of them. We, we were fortunate that the timing of the growth of our business left us in a spot where we didn't have a tremendous amount of legacy systems that we had to replace. We were essentially building from scratch. And so we pretty much from day one adopted a mentality of we're going to do something in the cloud. The second we we laid that line in the sand, NetSuite became a top contender. Uh, because at, at that point in time, you know, five years ago, you're talking 2016, 2017. Um, not a lot of options. But NetSuite was fairly well established, but not a lot of options. And people who were calling themselves cloud ERP systems was the on-premise system that was like shoehorned <laughs> into a into a virtual into a server oh, yeah. a VM online, yeah. right? We know it well. It's not, not the same. Not true cloud. Not the same thing. No, fake cloud. So we uh we went through that evaluation. We started fairly broad. We ended up narrowing down pretty quickly based on some of the industry specific requirements of being a food manufacturer that we were looking for. And, and had a, a final couple contenders there. And ultimately, the biggest distinction that we saw with NetSuite is we knew that we were on a, a rapid growth trajectory. And you know, even implementation takes time just to set it up. But beyond that, doing a whole bunch of work to cement and implement a business process that was very likely to be obsoleted due to no, the fault of no one other than the growth of the business was could potentially be a huge waste of time and money. And that was uh, a model of ERP implementation that most of the competitors to NetSuite we were looking at were making available. Uh, whereas with NetSuite, at the time, Suite Success was very new, but they had it, was offering a, we're going to give you a lot of best practices out of the box, implementation is going to be pretty quick and light. And then the technology we're offering you makes it, pretty quick and pretty simple to evolve the system and fit it to your needs without massive technical services, professional services contracts. You and your and our team at Johnny Pops go in, change a form, add a field, add a workflow. Can be done in minutes or take longer depending on the complexity. But you can do it. That's but, the point. But you can do it and you can do it pretty quickly. And so if your business doubles in size and you needed to have one person involved in a process one year and three different people doing different parts of that process the next year, you, we were able to evolve our processes 
quite quickly in the system to match the real world business processes that were now the right fit for our business. Now, are you uh, the guy going into NetSuite and making those process changes, or do you have somebody that does that for you in-house, or do you use it? That's a, a, the answer to that question has evolved over time. You know, I remain a lead subject matter expert on NetSuite at, at Johnny Pops. You know, part of that is I've been there the whole time. I know what decisions were it's made. It's your baby. You built it. Exactly. I, 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 I know more about how we have done NetSuite than anyone else because I've been there from the beginning through till today. Uh, I know why decisions were made. You know, well, how come we chose to use that field and not that field again? No, don't touch that. It'll break something, right? <laughs> but it was not scalable for me to remain the only person doing, you know, <laughs> development work is maybe a bit strong, but improvement and implementation and evolution work within our system. And so, you know, we, we're also, our, our needs are, not necessarily flat and easily compartmentalized into a single uh, skill set or FTE at, at the stage we're at. And so we added a third-party partner to supplement uh, our needs several years ago uh, that we work with on an ongoing basis, like a retain, uh, on a retained basis, that when projects come up, when things outstrip my bandwidth or capability, uh, we're able to leverage the team of resources and, and, and the advantage of doing something in that fashion is they have senior developers all the way down to you know people on their team who are fairly new to NetSuite administration and can dynamically staff my problem with the right resource to solve it um, with a variety with a set of skill sets that unless I was ready to add a team of several FTEs to just handle my NetSuite would be very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I see that you launched e-commerce or i can buy johnny pops direct and have them shipped to me that is brand new that shelf stable product is yeah. hot off the press for us uh three months earlier ago, this year yeah right? exactly so uh, did your e-commerce store did that exist before or is that new as well no that is brand new okay. uh, is that the netsuite e-commerce store that is not we not, lot okay. because the rest of my product portfolio is frozen it's a little cost prohibitive to to direct fulfill it and ship it out across the country. So we've generally not done direct to consumer e-commerce, but having a shelf stable product caused us to to pause and ask if uh, there was maybe an opportunity here. So we started it as a test. I'm happy to report that it's a it's a fairly successful test, uh, but the implementation of it from a technology standpoint was at a test level of sophistication. And now that it, it seems to be something we want to commit to for the long term, we will... Uh, <laughs> You're considering it. Hopefully put in place a, mo a more durable and efficient solution. I'm just curious, what are you using for the test? What's the, what's the site or the, uh, the app? It's just built in um, WordPress. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, it's a plugin. Nothing it, fancy. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, those can, those can be quite sophisticated. Yeah. You and, know? You know, and, and we've got someone manually generating labels and manually packing so it's we, we didn't know the volume right to expect that, on day one but we believe in a bias towards action you yeah know, we, we don't know the market for for this product and service combination until we try it yeah so uh, let's let's get it out there let's do it fast let's do it during the summer before we've lost the season see how it goes and we can put an appropriate level of investment behind whatever type of re results we see. Awesome. So so that leads to the next question. So we know you're not using the e-commerce suite, but Blake likes to always ask about... Yeah, what other parts of NetSuite... What are the parts of NetSuite that are critical to you that you use? 
So for us, I mean, the capability that brought us into NetSuite from a pain point standpoint is still one of the most critical to us today. Uh, so you're talking about multi-location, cradle-to-grave, lot-level inventory. <laughs> that is something that probably more people touch across my business, more users use than, mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, you know, it powers other very important business processes. So we use what's now a somewhat legacy feature, time phase supply planning, to power our material resource planning process, or MRP. I say our MRP because NetSuite has since introduced a powerful new set of MRP features, but it's such a business, it it is a fairly in-depth and and, uh, complicated module to set up and so critical to our business that we have not taken the plunge yet to turn on the new functionality as fantastic and powerful as it looks. But that drives all of our, what do we, what do we need to make? When are we going to schedule it? And then most importantly, if that's what, we, what the products that we need to make and schedule, what are all the things we need to bring in to do it? And we transfer in product from third-party warehouses that we've bought in bulk. We do uh, just-in-time procurement. You know, so if we lack a schedule for next week, we need the MRP to say, here are the components that need to be purchased. So we use the system to do all of that work for us. And, and, and then you know, table stakes for, for a business all of our backend processes, you know, run on NetSuite. Uh, and for us, in a fairly automated fashion, because the majority of our customers either request or require EDI execution of our transactions together. So we're able to go from uh, order all the way through to fulfillment and invoicing with a very minimal number of touches and the most touches around the inventory. <laughs> what, what are we going to send them? And I forget what EDI stands for, but it's the, it's the way that, you know, your customer's ERP system can order directly. Yeah. To your system. Uh, so it's electronic data interchange, and that's exactly what it means. Uh, they're able to transmit an encrypted file to us directly from their computer systems uh, over a network, uh, and and we can then interpret that data directly into NetSuite. So no manual entry required of what they want when they want it. And uh, the the big guys require that, right? Like Walmart, they it, they they're not going to like play with you unless you have EDI. They're not going to your website to put a little order in. Yeah, exactly. No, no, they they don't want a website. They don't want a portal, <laughs> and they wanted to eliminate faxing, emailing their yeah. orders over because of the chances for errors to occur in that process. And importantly for them, I got errors on the front side and then on the back side, they don't want to pay someone to key in your invoice. They they require that you send back the invoicing information electronically as and well. you can't even get into those stores if you do not implement EDI. That's generally been our experience. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it is now, yeah. yeah. That's how I've heard. Wow. That's, that's, and MRP was an acronym that we kind of ran through real quick, but for those who, you know, are not as familiar with it, you know, could you just give us an example of like an MRP process? Yeah. So, so the core of the MRP process is if we have some type of demand that we know or, or think we know, <laughs> as the case may be, uh, you can plug it into the system and the system will suggest and ultimately issue the actions required for you to fulfill that demand depends on what your business is, what those orders would be. If you've got demand and you manufacture products like we do, the MRP can suggest work orders to manufacture additional products uh, to, to meet the actual or projected demand. Uh, if it's uh, components for work orders or if it's just distribution, you know, you buy and sell the item, it can suggest purchase orders. To, 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 you need to, if you know the lead time and the vendor, here's how much you need to buy at this on this date so that it shows up in time to meet the expected demand. 
Um, what about the weather? Can you feed in weather data and fight, figure out? Well, how the key to that is make? is good safety stock levels, which you know, is, MRP is a giant calculator. You give it a ton of inputs, and it gives you the best optimized set of outputs that the system can generate. So if if I tell it that the lead time to get from an order shipped from Florida to Minnesota is one business day, it's not going to know any better. <laughs> um, but if it's five business days, uh, you know, if I if I accurately state that, uh, and maybe we add in some cushion because we know that every time we ship something from Florida, even though the carrier says it only takes three or four days, it always takes six because there's some weather. Um, well, we can adjust that to get a better yeah. recommendation with a little bit more buffer. Same type of you know, opportunity with safety stock levels. If you know we uh, we want to hold an extra week of demand on hand, we can increase the safety stock so that instead of the MRP letting demand run the warehouse to bone dry before suggesting an order, we actually maintain an ex an excess stock level to account for delays or forecast error, you know, things like that. Um, which is why it's a tricky module to set up because it's the epitome of a garbage in garbage out process. If you feed in garbage, you will get the most nonsensical, illogical suggestions for what to make, what to transfer, what to buy. Um, suddenly, and it's, suddenly your warehouse just starts making all the pops it can for the wrong flavor. <laughs> well, and what really happens there is supply chain teams get frustrated and just stop yeah. using the tool and go back to whatever whiteboard, pen and paper, Excel spreadsheets they were using before which typically are significantly more cumbersome, you know, and not generating the same level of actionable uh, intelligence mm -hmm. that, that an MRP process can. So how, how does the seasonality of your product go? Obviously, being in Minnesota, I don't see you selling these. Early on when you started the business, I don't see you selling these in the winter. <laughs> well, we, we absolutely do sell product year-round. Uh, but you're spot on that we have a seasonality curve uh, to our business. Uh, our peak runs May through August, uh, as you might expect. But we have a consistent base of business that we sell year round. You know, being in all 50 states, it might be negative 20 in Minnesota, but it's still 80 degrees in Phoenix. And that's where I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm eating those pops all year. <laughs> and the Northerners are surprisingly hardy. It might be cold, but I'm, I'm telling you that ice cream still goes out of those stores. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all the time we've got. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Connor, that we haven't discussed? Uh, I would encourage everyone, if they have not tried Johnny Pops, to uh, visit our website, johnnypops.com. You can key in your zip code and find a locator uh, to, uh, to find the nearest retail outlet where you can check us out or click right into that e-commerce uh, opportunity and get our shelf-stable uh, freezer pops sent right to your door. They look delicious. I'm going to have to try some of these. Did you miss the sampling opportunity earlier I, today? I did, unfortunately. Oh, that's unfortunate. We're just in the, the recording room back here. Like, yeah, they, this, yeah. Is where, this is where we're at. They don't, they don't bring us there's pops. No, there's no room service in here? <laughs> Not in here. Well, and if, if folks want to um, you know, uh, follow you online, you know, do you use LinkedIn? Are you on Twitter? What's your preferred social media? I am really a, a LinkedIn-only uh, uh, type of guy. Um, but I absolutely uh, follow me on LinkedIn, and uh, you can keep tabs on, on me and on Johnny Pops, uh, especially if you're a NetSuite guru uh, you know, or, or just in general passionate about you know, entrepreneurship, food and beverage. Uh, our team is consistently growing, and we're always looking for talented uh, individuals to join. All right. Awesome. If you're listening, you know where to go look for your next role. Right. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Yeah, thanks for having me.